Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? Are you ready? Are you ready, boys? Hi, Captain. Hi, let's get into it then. Welcome to the Flex, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Also, Heimerdinger Foundation, need to mention that. Go over and switch your account over to that. Reap all the benefits there. Head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com for all of our COVID content and banhammer goodness that's going on right now out in the Titans world. Find it out in the forums and explain how right or wrong the NFL is for all this and just have a good time. That's what it's there for. That's what we're going to do. But tonight we're talking about fantasy. If you'll notice, we are down one again. Uh, Robert Greenlaw, the law, had to step out tonight. We will soldier on without him as best we can. We do have a few of his updates for his sit and start, so we're still going to be able to give those. Uh, But what I want to do first, boys, I want to start with our ever-popular segment, What Did We Learn? So, Justin, kick us off. What did you learn last week, or in general? Last week, I learned that sticking with your studs is the move. As evidenced by the man behind me, you know, it was three pretty painful weeks. No, behind me, pretty painful <laughs> weeks. If you're if you're watching on the YouTube, you would understand. Should be. Should be. If you're just listening, you'll understand why I, I interrupted myself mid sentence to reaffirm what I already <laughs> said. But if you were watching, you you might understand. Anyway, Joe Mixon, and also talking about the man behind me, I just did that, didn't I? Anyway, Joe Mixon breakout party this week. We called it on this podcast last week. We've been talking about Joe Mixon since the offseason, and he's not the only guy. You know, I think that obviously Calvin Ridley's of the world are going to happen every once in a while, and that's a bummer, but for the most part, your studs came through if they aren't injured, and I learned that I'm not giving up on Joe Mixon, and there's some other guys we may or may not give up on that. If you drafted them, you drafted them. You know, you're kind of stuck with them. For better or worse. Yeah, I'm done. Yep. Real quick, I just because I just, I, I forgot. I meant to check earlier. We are at 88 subscribers on YouTube. 12. It's so close. We just need 12 more. 12 people. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. I, I don't care if they ever watch. Just tell them to sign up for the subscription. Just subscribe to it. It's fine. Just do it. Anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt there, but that's what I learned. We will pick, if we hit 100 subscribers, we will pick one random subscriber to shout out for free on the podcast. You don't have to send us a really koozie or nothing. 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 That's that's a good one to do, especially for the, uh, you said on the fantasy overtime? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do on all the shows. How about that? Shows. Every podcast. Every podcast. Except for maybe Homer and Throwback. I don't know if uh, Jimmy will remember, but uh, I'll have this to podcast, here. Coach's Corner, F Words, Corner Host into it, MCA, and um, am I missing one? Second and Se- victory. We'll get second of victory, and we'll do the live shows. Live shows. It's all like right. a lot of shout outs. We'll pick, we'll pick one. So get in there, subscribe, do it. Get us to 100. We're so Even close. if your grandma is the 100th subscriber, we'll shout out your grandma. Shout out to yeah. grandma. Well, we'll grandma pick a random out. subscriber from the 100. So you don't have to be number. So if you're already subscribed, thanks. Don't unsubscribe to try to be yes. number 100. It'll be a random subscriber. Right. But if your grandma gets in and she happens to pick, we'll shout her out. Shout Party out that grandma. Party. Broadway sports, home of the grandma shout out. Anyway, uh, Zach, what did you learn about fantasy football? I learned a couple different things. First, like JG just said, 
always stick with your studs. Sticking with Odell paid off and Odell's back. But moving on from Odell, the Dallas Cowboys have the most interesting offense, in my opinion, because based on what we thought was going to happen in the previous, in the offseason, there's a couple curveballs in here. Um, a lot of storylines. Dak right now not only had the most uh, passing yards through the first three games in NFL history. He now has the most passing yards in four games in NFL history. Keeps on rolling. If he stays on his current pace, he will have thrown for 6,760 yards and 36 touchdowns. The all-time record is 5,477. So, I mean, I'm pretty confident, like – if you want to make a bet right now that Dak is going to break the 5,477 with Vegas, you may want to do it because that may be pretty crazy odds. I don't know. But that's crazy. But then speaking of that, Zeke comes in, and he's having a career low kind of year where he is averaging his lowest carries, 17.5. He's averaging his lowest yards, 68.3. His lowest yards uh, per attempt at 3.9. But somehow he's still running back four in both PPR and standard formats. And then Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is wide receiver one. Michael Gallup is wide receiver 33. But CeeDee Lamb's wide receiver 16. Then you have Dalton Schultz, whoever that guy is, is tied in six. I mean, this is, this is a crazy kind of looking offense that... You should be betting on, but this not the craziest thing that I've learned this week. The craziest thing that I learned was the Dallas Cowboys defense is actually dead last. And dead. depending on your fantasy scoring system, they're either two points, zero points, or negative two points total for the whole year. That's not a per game average. That's not what they are total for the whole year. It's not great. Yeah, you definitely that could have stopped horrible. that dead. Yeah. Cowboys defense is dead. They yeah. will rebound this week, then. The Cowboys actually played rebound. into my uh, my sit starts later when I was talking about defenses to start. I saw their, their total. I went, never mind. <laughs> I'm not even considering that. I don't care who they're playing. I'm not considering them. So what I learned was that it's time to listen to the advice on the fantasy overtime. You boys have been dropping some gems recently, and it's a great show to get your last-minute advice. I'm not just trying to plug this. I mean, I mean to tell you all wholeheartedly. Zach has, has given me a ton of praise for my In the Trenches article. I just want to mention that anytime I can. But I appreciate that. But I got to give respect where respect is, is due. And, and you boys have been doing a fantastic job with the fanta fantasy overtime. Tune in, 10.30 a.m. Central. I'll plug it again later in the show. But it's a great spot to get your last-minute advice. And these guys have at least two or three times in the show has called a big day from someone or has called a last-minute, hey, if this news is true, then go with this guy. Listen in can make those last minute decisions. Also tune in. We have 88 subscribers to the YouTube channel. Tune in. We should see 88 plus viewers into that. It's great content. Go ahead. So that's what I've learned. I didn't really have a player other than, you know, I picked up Tanyan. Uh, if he's out there, go ahead. I was and get about him. to say Robert he's Tanyan was one of the guys that we talked about. Exactly. I picked so him Robert up in Tanyan. two leagues. Yeah. I picked up I, before, I before. I picked him up in two, three leagues this week. People still are sleeping on him. He's the number two tight end in fantasy right he's now. He's number one in my league. Go that's get crazy. him. Yeah. Well, he had Don't three touchdowns in one game. He only had four yeah. games. So, like, that's not that hard. Especially yeah, with no still, fan I mean, dropping and Johnny Smith. But we did call it. That's what matters. We called it that Sunday. I couldn't I couldn't pronounce his name, and you had to look up his name. 
No, I knew his name because I'd already picked him yeah. up, but I did mistakenly say that he was a rookie. He's a second-year guy. Yeah, but much. our secret to fantasy overtime is that we just talk about so many players that Sunday morning we're bound <laughs> to be right about it. somebody. Lots <laughs> of information to decipher and lots of good tidbits out there. We we were wrong on someone this weekend, was it, or was that last week and we were wrong on C.D. Lamb? Last weekend we were wrong on C.D. Lamb. You said don't play Michael Gallup. Good call. Yeah. So, But moving on to our next segment. That's what we learned. Tune in to Fantasy Overtime. But for our next segment, panic time. Going to give a list of guys here. Is it time to panic? Is it time to move on? What are your thoughts? Guys, I want to start with Kenyon Drake. No touchdowns in his last three games and diminishing carries over that span as well. And yardage. You get less carries. You're not doing a whole lot. You're going to get less, get less yardage as well. Non-factor in the passing game, which is a little surprising given the offense and given the skill set, only five catches through the whole season. So, guys, is it time to panic on Kenyon Drake? I, I'm out on Kenyon Drake. I'm kind of surprised by this Arizona offense and kind of out and kind of glad that I somehow missed on every Arizona player that I wanted to target. I wanted to target Christian Kirk. I wanted to target Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, pretty much all of them, like everybody on there. And I didn't get any of them. And I'm feeling kind of good about it, to be honest. Like, I'm not missing anything that I feel like is so special and spectacular that you had to do it. But speaking of specifically Kenyon Drake, this is quickly becoming the Chase Edmonds show. And I don't know if it's a combination of a little bit of injuries or maybe he was just overhyped. And what the Kenyon Drake we saw last year is was not the real Kenyon Drake, which to me is very surprising, but it's chase Edmonds looks like the better back. I am still trying to trade for Kenyon Drake in one league. I do not have that great of a running back situation. So I'm taking a chance, but this guy won't let him go. It's it's he's like, I'm going to give it one more week. I'm going to give it one more week. I'm going to give it one more week. And, and eventually I'm going to look at the weeks that he keeps pushing me off and Kenyon Drake's not doing any better. And I'm going to be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm out. You out, just keep out. Kenyon Drake at this point. So I personally, I think you, I, it's, it's weird. Let me talk out both sides of my mouth. You should trade for Kenyon Drake and you should trade Kenyon Drake. I know that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but it's all about either value. Yeah, it's all about the value. You figure something out and either make the trade or figure something out and get rid of them because you're mad at them anyway. And someone else will probably pay a little bit higher price than what they should. Hey, I'm looking for a running back right now. I'm getting rejected all across the board. Maybe I'll take Kenan Drake off your your hands. Who knows? Let's see. Make a deal. So here's my thoughts because I drafted Kenan Drake in a few leagues. And if you listen to this show – and you've been listening for a while. We had a handcuff episode in the preseason where we not only mentioned Kareem Hunt as being a must draft in the mid rounds. Hopefully you were listening now with Nick Chubb's injury and you have Kareem. We said whether or not you get Nick Chubb, draft Kareem Hunt. But we also said Chase Edmonds was one of the most valuable handcuffs. And the reason was because whether or not Kenyon Drake got hurt, Chase Edmonds might be a part of that offense. And we're seeing Chase Edmonds, in fact, be a more productive member of the offense than Kenyon Drake, despite the whoever the starter is, right? So hopefully you have Chase Edmonds also if you got Kenyon Drake. But if you are stuck with Kenyon Drake wondering what to do, I am not so sure that trading him away this week is the move because of his schedule. He plays the New York Jets. The Jets are a cure-all for pretty much any team going through anything in in this 2020 season, right? So 
I mean, we saw the the Broncos struggle with Brett Rippon under center, and they still beat the Jets because Melvin Gordon ripped off a long touchdown run at the end of the game. That's what happens to the Jets. They they people lip, rip off long touchdown runs. They they're allowing 26 most most points to fantasy points to running backs right now. So I'm thinking Kenyon Drake's going to be okay this week. Now, that said, if you can deal him after this week, I'm not so sure. Like Zach said, I understand what Arizona's doing on offense. They could flip the switch at some point and be like, oh, wow, we need to stop putting so much pressure on Kyler Murray and establish a run better against these light boxes that our offense creates. But they're not doing that yet. So maybe you hold on to him and hope it happens. But I definitely think if you can trade for him, and like if you can trade somebody on your bench, not a starter, for Kenyon Drake and just have him sit yeah. on your bench and hope that he pops sooner or later then why not try to grab him he's someone you can maybe get at a low cost so it's like a half panic yeah i'm not panicking but i'm not if he wasn't playing the jets if he was playing like almost any other team this week i would be benching him but because they're playing the jets i'm going to keep starting him in my leagues i also have derrick henry so i have to i'm at the other end of the couch side-eyeing Kenyon drake thinking about breaking up with him that's that's (laughs) where i'm at well, more to come on that. We'll see if he, he pops. Hey, and if he does pop against the Jets, I think maybe the way to go is to sell as high as you possibly can after that week because more incoming doubt and downfall may be in form. So that's something to keep uh, monitor if you still have him. Uh, but, of course, if you have him in our league, I, I'm willing to trade now before the Jets game so I can get that Jets game under my belt. Uh, <laughs> moving on to DJ Moore. The target shares have dipped the last two weeks, and without uh, CMC in there, you really figured that would have been a little different for T.J. Moore as arguably the number one receiver. I know Robbie Anderson's there, but the talent there for T.J. Moore, D.J. Moore, excuse me, is not matching the output. I mean, he's been okay-ish, eight points each of the last two games, but there's no touchdowns to go with that, and just it's it's not a great feeling when you're out there. So where are we at on D.J. Moore? Justin, start us off this time. Well, the running backs keep getting all the touchdowns in Carolina, so we'll see if that can continue. Because Robbie Anderson, who's outscoring DJ Moore, he only has one touchdown himself. That was a 75-yarder he scored in week one. I think that's right. And last week, I think a tight end and a running back. Yeah, there'll be a correction if it's wrong. Last week, a tight end and a running back caught Teddy Bridgewater's two touchdown passes, and then Bridgewater ran one in himself. Mike Davis had – they've been, like, scoring touchdowns in the red zone with the running backs. So the touchdown numbers aren't there, but – I'm going to talk about DJ Moore a bit again later. I'm not panicking on DJ Moore. I'm not super excited about him, but he also has a great matchup this week. They play the Falcons. Terrible pass defense. Like everyone in in Carolina's passing offense should be able to be productive against Atlanta, you know, even if Robbie Anderson is still better this week. So it's kind of a similar situation for me. I'm like not panicking because this week he has a good matchup. So I'm still rolling with him. Thoughts on DJ Moore, Zach? I, I'm going to say this, is that I, I'm i a big DJ Moore believer still. And I know it's been a disappointing start, but he's roughly got a 25.5% target share and like four, I think 49% of his air yards, you know, are both above his marks for 2019. Then the problem is that Teddy Bridgewater, his catchable uh, passes that he's thrown is down from 88% to 62%. So he t- when he targets other players, he's targeting 88% with accuracy, 62% when targeting more. Like, I'd, eventually because, they're going to get on the same page. That's because Moore is the, being used as the downfield receiver. If you look at his air yards per target compared to Robbie Anderson's, he's like almost three yards further per target. Which that means he's being targeted. Sense. 
it doesn't make sense given their skill sets. And I, I went back and rewatched the Panthers Cardinals game from last weekend. And like Robbie Anderson is taking a lot of little screens and kind of passes. Now DJ Moore had, had a few plays where he's like coming across on a late drag route on a third down where he's getting a little dump off and running after the catch. But for the most part, they're like throwing it downfield to him in contested catch situations, which are just tougher to convert. But against a weaker defense, you start seeing some weaker defenses like Atlanta missing a lot of players. Been the worst defense already in the league, and they're missing players now that got hurt against the Packers. I think that's the kind of game where those downfield shots are more con- easily convertible. You know what I mean? Like if I had Keenan Allen, I'd go ahead and just trade him for DJ Moore. Because I don't up. know how long the Justin Herbert hype train is going to last this season. And, I hope my sake a long time. Yeah, but let's <laughs> go I feel ahead. like you could get DJ Moore and a flex-worthy player. Yeah. For oh. Keenan Allen right now, right? Yeah, I think you probably could. I think you sell Keenan Allen high and you get by DJ Moore low. If I, I That is a 100% buy low candidate, but I'm also not going to like send a wide receiver... I'm not going to do a 1v1 trade. I should be getting two things back with DJ Moore. And yeah, I'm also one not player. trading my top two receivers for DJ Moore out there, Greenlaw. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> so, next player up, uh, Michael Gallup. Huge game for Seattle uh, a couple weeks ago, but then appears to – that appears to be the norm in the NFL. Um, and really crashed back down to earth versus the Browns last week for two catches for 29 yards. Where are we at with Michael Gallup? I mean, we, we called out some big games for him, and he had one, but then he came back down to earth. So is it more the C.D. Lamb hype train or Michael Gallup's still in fact? Cooper's not going anywhere either. I think there's too many mouths to feed, and I think that Dak, for whatever reason, has developed a eye to go to C.D. Lamb first and Amari Cooper second and vice versa. And I think Michael Gallup may even be his fourth receiving option when he's going through his reads. And I don't know if that's by play design or choice, but I really feel like he's looking Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, then Michael Gallup. Now, that can change. We we don't know. But for me, from where I drafted – I'm looking at where I drafted Michael Gallup. I'm I'm probably panicking and getting rid yeah. of Michael Gallup. But there's just no reason to have that fantasy headache. And that that's the point is that you it, call it panicking, whatever. I don't want the fantasy headache of having to decide if I'm going to start Michael Gallup. Is this the week to start Michael Gallup? Because that's what I would do if I had Michael Gallup. Yeah, that is the life of Michael Gallup. It's crazy that he can catch... Uh, only two passes for 29 yards on a day where Dak throws for 502 yards right. and four touchdowns. And, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily sure he's looking at other guys first. Cause like Gallup still had five targets in this game, but five targets on a day where Dak throws the ball as many times as he did is just crazy that like, it's pretty much what Zach said. Yeah. I have Gallup in a couple leagues and I'm like, well, I'm glad I drafted Deontay Johnson a couple rounds later because I can actually just play him instead, you know, but it sucks that it's that such an inconsistent thing. It's like those days when Deshaun Jackson was really good and you didn't know what week you're going to start him, but you knew he was going to finish the year as a top 30 receiver or top 20 receiver. But it was like good week, bad week, good week, bad week with Gallup. Like I'm sure there'll be a bunch of good weeks here between now and the end of the season, but good luck figuring out when those. Well, and with what Mike McCarthy said, like saying that, he sees Michael Gallup as the number one. I, maybe there's a lot of coverage being thrown his way for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe. Time will tell. 
Time will also tell with this next one with Marvin Jones and coming up on a probably a much needed bye week for him coming off of a one catch on two targets game. I, I, I don't know where I am. I've got Marvin Jones on a couple of my, my fans teams. And I just, it just hasn't been the kind of year I think that I know I was expecting out of him for sure. So where are we at on Marvin Jones? I'm done with the lions. I was so high on the lions especially after they beat the cardinals i was like all right the lions found their stride here we go this is going to be what we kind of thought more or less going into the season and then they get the saints team who are like battling a covid scare in the middle of the night who are battling not having either of their starting cornerbacks not don't have their best the offensive player of the year michael uh mike what's his name thomas michael thomas and uh the Lions, again, get off to a, a two-touchdown lead. They intercept Drew Brees early on, and then they just completely collapse. And it's like it's just crazy that, that the Lions can be so bad that against the defense is missing those pieces. It was so bad against Aaron Rodgers the week before. Could be so, they could be so ineffective. And I'm just like done with Marvin Jones. If you have Kenny Galladay, you're like lucky he got in the end zone. But without that touchdown, his day, the last two games, without the touchdowns, He's not producing as a wide receiver one for sure. If you draft him in the third round, you know, that's too early now. Matthew Stafford, I'm dropping him in leagues. So, like, the whole Lions team, I'm panicked on Marvin Jones because I'm just done. I'm done. My, how the turntables have turned. For real. Because I am in. I'm saying don't panic on the Lions. Don't panic. And here's why. How Let long me- till Matt Patricia gets fired? Who who cares? I mean, I mean, irrelevant I to the fantasy. Yeah, I think it's irrelevant to the fantasy thing because I mean, it may if Daryl Bevel becomes the head coach, maybe, but we'll see. Uh, here's the thing: here are their next few games: Jacksonville, Atlanta. Okay, then they have Indianapolis, which I'm not as we'll believable I'm, I'm still, on yeah, everybody else. Uh, Minnesota. Then Washington, Carolina, Houston, Chicago, Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. That's a favorable schedule. But not only that, after the bye week last year, he went for games where he had 34 points. And this is standard scoring. 34 points, 21 points, 10 points, 15 points, 11 points. He'll have, and that, that's non PPR. So you add PPR back to that, you're going to have a, a PPR to a quarter to a quarterback. Who are you talking? Oh, you're talking about Marvin Jones right now. Yeah, we're talking about Marvin Jones. Sorry, 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 sorry. How confused are you right now? Yeah, I'm not confused. I thought you were on Stafford for some reason. No, what? no, this is all. Mo- this is coming out of the bye. I mean, yeah, Marvin Jones coming out of the bye, okay. and is that was actually with, gonna be pretty good. Uh, and that was, and that's with, with shitty uh, ass uh, quarterbacks, quarterbacks he had last year. last year. Oh my god, I couldn't even. I don't even remember. Was Jeff David. Driscoll one of them? I feel like nope. I don't know. David Sounds Blau. about right. But let me say, yeah, David Blau don't, was one. Don't even bother with that correction. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> but, like, that, Thanks. don't panic. I won't. <laughs> I think Marvin Jones, I think Matt Stafford, I think they're going to bounce back, and Kenny Galladay will probably will too. This will – you're going to start to see the Lions offense that you and Greenlaw try to beat into my head all offseason. <laughs> it's coming. I can feel it. Now that you guys are out on them, I'm in on it. And I'll look like the genius, and you guys will look like little loser crybabies that gave up too quick. So maybe the life store isn't the best place to get your fantasy advice at? Yeah, I would say so. One thing to note, (laughs) Adrian Peterson scored a touchdown against his former team, which he always does. Yep. All right. Fair enough. So moving on then from Marvin Jones to 
Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. Ingram, 64 yards rushing the last two weeks with only one touchdown and then 13 points in two weeks for him. So even with that touchdown, only 13 points over those two weeks. Dobbins, only 22 yards rushing and only 39 yards receiving on five catches during that same time span. It's not the – Zach, I'm going to go to you here first because this doesn't seem to be that production train that was just going to keep on chugging and hand off from Ingram, Ingram to, to Dobbins at some point. It just, it's just not doesn't seem to be picking up that speed. Let me say something. This Baltimore Ravens team is sneaky – just mediocre in my they're, in my <laughs> they're just not as dominant as they were last and they're not taking 80 percent of snaps with a lead so they're not just running it down people's throats i mean you're talking about the 31st ranked passing offense and yeah i mean yeah the uh the rushing offense so far is good but it's really all gus gus and lamar they're letting gus cook well and, they're, they're splitting it up amongst all of them that's the problem yeah. And, but Gus is doing the most with his opportunities. That's the problem is True. that Mark Ingram, who is used to a split backfield and still producing, and he's done it almost his whole career, is not producing. And J.K. Dobbins is not in a, in a – he's in a third down ro- role, and it's not really working for him. I, th- I think at this stage of the game that you have to trade him. Uh, I just recently traded straight up. J.K. Dobbins for Deontay Johnson because there were there's teams out there that need running backs. So if you have Mark Ingram, you have J.K. Dobbins, and you see a team that's desperate, you need to be trading those guys for probably someone better than him because, in my opinion, Deontay Johnson right now is going to have the higher upside for the rest for the rest of the year because you don't know what's going to happen. I know that everybody wants to own a piece of this Ravens rushing offense, but right now, it's Gus Edwards and it's Lamar Jackson, and the other two are kind of like the forgotten men. And I, I do have hope that J.K. Dobbins turns into J.K. Dobbins. But if I'm a fantasy owner, I'm just out on it. Just sometimes fantasy headaches are not worth it. Here, here. JJ, anything to add? Not really. Just that it's about the workload. And if you're not getting it, it's not just going to magically appear. So I don't know. I'm not in on those running backs either. All right, so moving on then to quite possibly the best segment, the most entertaining segment of fantasy worldwide. And we got to start off with a little review, boys. And I got to be honest with you, Zach, take a bow, man. Hopefully that sound came through loud and clear because Zach Lyons, ladies and gentlemen, increases his record to 20 and eight overall for the season. Perfect on the week. Did not get anything wrong. Nothing the perfect week, just like Nothing I called it. Perfect week from the good advice throne champion. Can you quickly explain what that means? Perfect week. Nothing wrong. What are you referring to exactly? Uh, nothing to really debate about his 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 choices or or if this and that. Right, I got all that seven. Like, I got all seven of my picks correct. So that means what my, I meant was there's nothing I, that I could go and and, and go. Mm, do I really want to? No, no. But I mean, it? like, literally explain it to people. Yeah, we're ex- trying to explain it to the listeners. Seven and <laughs> oh, got all of his sit starts right. Yep, got every single one of them. So every basically, what we're doing is taking the uh, if you if you have a sit. You can't pick a top 12 quarterback. You have to pick a quarterback in the top, outside of the top 12 for their ranking so far in the season. 
So basically, First every start. pick I got, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Devontae Parker, both starts, Emmanuel Sanders was a sleeper, all this stuff, I got right. 100% un- unfallible, infallible right here. Can't be stopped. This sit-start train is, is going to the moon. Now, Justin did have a near-perfect week, but I'm not scared. Not scared because he really started out really sloppy. Yeah. I will say one other thing I learned this week is that Terry McLaurin is matchup proof. I said to sit Terry McLaurin. That was my one bad call. I told you last against, week. Because going against that Ravens defense, Marlon Humphrey and, and Marcus Peters is like, how is he going to get open? But he's matchup proof. He's quarterback proof. It doesn't matter that Kyle Allen's a starter now. Never, ever bench Terry McLaurin. So this, of course, will be the week he goes for three points or whatever. <laughs> so one thing of note last week, and we're men of our words, because Greenlaw, JG, and I all three picked for our sit starts uh, players who were affected in some way by COVID. Now, what this means is, is that Graver picked Cam Newton. He got a free sit out of that, and we let it stand because that he didn't play. He didn't get any points. He was a sit. He, if you listen to him, he wins. I said to start Eric Ebron in the tight end. He didn't play, so that's not that can't. He didn't get any points, so we're going to be fair here. I could I have gone in and changed? No, probably not. I just accepted that it was going to be a defeat, and Greenlaw was much the same way. And I think that's just the gentleman's agreement we're going to make going forward. That if something like that happens, we're just going to deal with it. Much like Titans players, nobody knew if the game was getting played on Sunday or not by the time we recorded. Apparently, (laughs) so yeah, exactly. So we had to do the best we could with what we had in the moment. So one of my nose was an automatic just because Ebron didn't play. I'm not going to complain about it. I still went four and three on the week. I'll take it. I was above 500. Now, if I can just get my overall record to over 500, I'll be really happy. I'm sitting at 13 and 15. Greenlaw sitting at 14 and 14. And Justin Graver in a distant second to Zach at 15 and 13. So, we got, we got some work ahead of us, boys, to catch Mr. Lyons. He is on fire. Maybe everybody list, tuned in should listen to him. So I get great advice for other people. I told you guys at the outset, other people, great advice. I just never take my own advice. And and there's a reason that you're the chief fantasy officer of Broadway Sports Media. Yeah, maybe it's it's great for our brand that you are the one that's that's (laughs) kicking our ass right now. So let's go ahead and get this started. Uh, we do have uh, Greenlaw sit starts, and we'll just briefly mention him. He has some notes there with them. I'll try to keep up with those unless someone else has them and wants to volunteer. I'll, I'll take some. Uh, I, got him, I got him pulled up so I can, I can do yeah, whatever you need me to do. Just call let's, on one of us. Okay, Justin, go ahead and give us your start at quarterback this week, though. All right, baby. This is going to call for a little background change. We're talking about jungle cats today. Bengals are one of them. We're real proud of Joe Mixon last week, obviously. He's a stud. He was my sleeper. Not much of a sleeper, but he qualified. This week, we're talking about the Panthers as our other jungle cat, and that's my boy. You see him there, Teddy Bridgewater. He's my start at quarterback. I'm a little bit riding high from last week, but I really do think that the offense under Joe Brady and with Teddy Bridgewater back there is starting to come together. Last week, 276 passing yards, two touchdowns, plus 36 rushing yards, and a touchdown on the ground. He looked really good running the ball. I think that whatever knee injury he suffered in Minnesota, which was pretty catastrophic, I think it had a multi-year timetable for full recovery. He looks 100% past that. And here's the big kicker. The Panthers are playing the Falcons. No team is allowing more fantasy points per game to quarterbacks than the Falcons. The Panthers have been on fire the last two weeks. They won two games in a row. 
And, you know, with Aaron Rodgers on a bye this week, if you're giving up on Matthew Stafford, if you're not sure if Ryan Tannehill and Josh Allen are going to play, and Teddy Bridgewater's still out there, I'm all in on the Panthers' offense. I'm all in on Teddy Bridgewater this week. Start him. I'll go ahead with any rebuttal there, Zach. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, I I, I think it's a, it's a good pick. I don't really have a problem with it because right now, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater sitting at quarterback 18 through the first four weeks. You know, I, I think that the, you could see a good bounce back. Typically, you have to score about like 23 points, 24 points um, to be the quarterback one of that week. And I think this is a good week to do it. Hey, yeah, look I'm, at this. I'm wearing Panther Carolina blue. And I'm just glad Justin's coming around to my thoughts on quarterbacks. At the beginning of the season, I said, Teddy Bridgewater won't be that bad. I think look for this. Herbert will get a shot at some point. I'm, I seem to be doing pretty good in those spots. So thank you, Justin, you, for but before I'm it, right twice out of eight. That's true. But let's also remember that we never recorded any real episode where, where, where I professed anything for Carolina. <laughs> everything about that last statement. So moving on to Greenlaw's sit at quarterback. And I'll, I'll take this first one as he has – to sit ryan fitzpatrick san francisco is 11th best defense against quarterbacks giving up just 17.4 points per game san francisco also has also given up the second least amount of yardage to and tds to quarterbacks so not, i think this is matchup based from greenlaw's what i'm hearing is that and, and let's be honest fitzpatrick isn't coming off the best week and what was we thought was a juicy matchup for him uh and, and moving forward so this doesn't look like it's a week to start him either against this, this San Francisco defense. I, I disagree. I, I think that he's going to regret this. And, and let me tell you why. Because they, they haven't really played anybody that great. They've played Sam Darnold. They've played um, Daniel Jones. And they played Carson Wentz. And they lost to Carson Wentz. But, I, I mean, like... I know San Francisco's kind of good, but I don't believe in them. And I actually think that the Dolphins are actually going to be able to put up points with ease because they have injuries everywhere. Secondary, edge rushers keep dropping like flies. If you sign with them, you're probably getting injured the next week. It's crazy. I'm out on I, – I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be a start, and I think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback, and he'll regret this. I think Tua is – coming sooner than later i do agree with that statement so whatever that means for fitzpatrick is irrelevant. whatever that but. means for Devonte barker and the rest of this offense i don't know like it's a hot potato of whether it, it i want to keep things yeah it means good things forever runs a slant route the best to be honest yeah, I guess. <laughs> preston williams <laughs> So moving on down to my start uh, for the week, and that's Deshaun Watson. And what I mean by this is that you can be a little down. If you watched anything about the game last week, he was running for his life. It's a, it's a lots of turmoil in Houston right now. But if I've learned one thing is that more times than not, when you have a regime change in the NFL at, at the coaching position, not only coaching, but GM position, and the players typically will respond the next week with big games. Deshaun Watson's talented. They didn't do him any favors in the offseason by getting rid of his, his best receiver toy he's, that he had. But at the same time, he's very talented. He can make things happen. I look for a big rebound from him this week. He's also coming off his best game of the year, even though he was running around all that much. And he's going into the, the against the Jags, which I'm not sold on as a good passing defense coming up. They've either given up 300 yards to a quarterback or multiple touchdowns in, in the same game. It's been one or the other. So points are available against the Jags defense as a quarterback. So I'm going to roll with – Put your doubts away. 
keep keep Deshaun Watson in your lineup. You got to uh, always play Deshaun. I mean, for the most part. I would know that we did get a sit right, but let me say in this. a row. I kind of that's why that, and that's why I go to a start this week on it. Yeah, I think no. I, I kind of think the Jags play. are uh, going to beat the Texans this week because I don't I think do that yeah, Romeo Cornell is anything good. He's a, I agree. He's a defensive coach and he's not going to do anything good for this offense. I think this will actually be a low scoring game because the players that are going to play hard are going to come from the defensive side. Agree 100%. I think it's going to be freelance a little bit. I, I'm Tim Kelly, Tim I, Kelly. Listen, I don't think you want Deshaun Watson to freelance. I, I know that sounds crazy, but he, he loves to take sacks. I, I am. Yeah. Prove it to me, Deshaun. Chase on yeah, and I'm, I'm Brian. Going calls then because I'm, I'm, I think he's going to prove it to you. Yeah, I am, he's going to have to prove it to me. I am 100% in wait and see mode to see what this Texans offense even looks like with Tim Kelly retaking over, whatever that means, without Bill O'Brien's oversight. I don't know if you guys read some of the stuff Tim Kelly was saying in the in the offseason about who's their backup, A.J. McCarron. Yeah. Like helping him understand what an offense is like. Like Tim Kelly doesn't know what the quarterback's perspective is in an offense because he's never played quarterback. So he was like, it's really great having A.J. McCarron in there as I'm drawing up plays where I'm thinking to myself watching the All-22, like, obviously I can see the guys running open over the middle of the field, but I don't know if a quarterback in the pocket can see that. That's what you want from your offensive coordinator? Like, I am terrified of the Texans' offense. Bill O'Brien is a terrible general manager, but he's a pretty good offensive coordinator, and he was definitely helping Tim Kelly, even if Tim Kelly was the play caller for the first three games now that bill o'brien's gone i mean we are I'm all like you. sad that bill o'brien's gone for sure but for the texans offense specifically i think that is the worst thing that could happen for them for this season so i am and, fully and it's out it's because i mean like okay tim kelly gets the play call duties back which they weren't very he wasn't very good he with wasn't them good at the beginning, yeah. and that was with an offensive so that's the problem with this exactly. whole regime change by the way is that compared to other things so like when Dan Campbell took over for Joe Philbin, the team rallied around Dan Campbell, but there were other offensive – the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinators were still around, right? They were experienced. The offensive staff is inexperienced. Most of the experienced offensive staff from the Texans are here in Tennessee. <laughs> so, like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Deshaun is going from a toxic relationship to one where he can potentially be free of that. We'll Why see. Sean, I know we you're listening see. to this podcast. I, I've seen your comments. I know you love the see. flex. And I, I need a big week from you. I need you to prove me right. I'm in your corner this week in, until you know, just because you're not playing the tights. So <laughs> come on to Sean. <laughs> so moving on, uh, give us a sit at quarterback then, Zach. This hurts my soul. I didn't want to have to do it. Again for another four-pointer? But we're going to have to sit <laughs> Joe Burrow this week, guys. The Baltimore Ravens are the seventh most consistent defense versus fantasy quarterbacks when it comes to allowing the lowest points that a fantasy quarterback can get. They're allowing roughly 17.53 points per week to fantasy quarterbacks. So that means right there that he's not probably getting the top 12. He's a rookie. This defense will come after him. It's gonna. He's probably going to take a lot of sacks because he's been prone to do that. And I know that he's been on a 300 yard streak, but he's been playing Jacksonville, Philly, and Cleveland. Like, give me a break. Let, let's settle down on. That's my biggest thing through this whole first four weeks is that everybody's just throwing to the wayside. 
the competition that these players are going through and teams are going through, it's not just fantasy. It's in real life, like the Colts and the Steelers. I think they're both overrated. But, I mean, it is what it is. You can, they can't help the schedule. And this schedule right here coming up for Joe Burrow with the Baltimore Ravens is not going to be good. Baltimore, I think he's going to be under 300 yards. I think he's only going to have one touchdown, and I think he's going to have multiple interceptions. So four point four point game coming in maybe maybe uh, possibly Justin right was right. This is going to be his one four four pointer of the year, right? <laughs> It'll be hey, like four seven, points. Seven 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 and zero. Oh. Yeah, maybe listen to him. I don't know. This is what we're here for. Uh, yeah. Stay with you. Zach. By the way, let me preface this. I don't really feel too great about this lineup as a whole that I'm about to present. You said that every week, but no, uh, last week, week I called the perfect week. I last week the was week pretty week. like cut and dry. Terry McLaurin yeah. was stupid by me, but for the most part, me and Zach we saw things pretty. Yeah, clearly. this was this one was a little rough around the edges to get to. I, I'm fully confident I would have been five and two if Ebron could have played. Like, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, against the Titans, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> so stick with you, Zach. Give us a start at running back. We're going with James Conner, baby. Uh, coming off a of rest, he's getting his health back to where it needs to be. And he's coming off two back-to-back 100-yard games, and he's going up against Philly. And Philly sucks. Philly's the worst. I hate watching a Philadelphia uh, Eagles game come up on red zone and see those stupid uniforms and that stupid quarterback and that stupid head coach. I'm sick of them. Miles Sanders, get bent. Kick some rocks. However, we're talking about – Panic button on Miles Sanders? Yeah, I'm panicking on the whole Eagles team. Yeah. James Conner. Philadelphia allows 18.67 points per game to running backs. Now, that does not sound like a lot, but when you look at the Steelers' backfield, because that's for all running backs, not just running back ones, mm-hmm. all running backs on a team. Right. But when you look at the, the Steelers' backfield, he's the guy. We, we saw Benny Snell come in, and we've seen Anthony McFarland do little things, but let's all get real here. It doesn't affect what James Conner does, which is going to get you 100 yards and probably a couple of touchdowns. And barring injury, Conner should have his best game to date this week. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, no, no complaints here. So we're going to go with, they said, and if you thought I got beat up for my Deshaun Watson pick a second ago, watch JG's eyes here in a second when I mentioned my, my, my sit pick this week. And my sit this week is Joe Mixon. Coming off – what are you saying? This is crazy. He just got half half a hundred last week. What are you doing, Ryan? I hear you. I really do. But here's the problem. That's 64% of his points on the season in one week. And I, I, I'm, I don't know what the trend is. Maybe he's on the uptick, but I'm thinking this is, is maybe this is that was his one shot at, at a great game. I, I don't know. I think he's going to crash down to earth a little bit this week. The Baltimore Ravens are ninth in fantasy against running backs. I know, I know some of the competition they've been against. I get it. They had they got beat up a little bit last week, but they're still the Ravens. They're still a, a good defense, and I think that he's gonna they're gonna key on him to take him away and try to put that pressure on Burrow, which is already a sit in this fantasy show. And I just think that Joe Mixon isn't gonna have the same kind of week that he had this last week. And I, I think that the expectations of people are, are sitting there, they're going to go, oh, he's going to have another banger. It's going to be great. I just don't think it's going to be there. I think he's going to finish right outside the top 12 for running back. So I'm, I'm rolling the dice a little bit. I can see the face you're making, JG. I get it. I'll give you your chance. In a I, second I agree. I, I do too. Agree. No, I do too. I do too. I mean, it's like 
you look at your lineup and you're like, yes, Joe Mixon finally broke down. You're like, look at the little column on fantasy that has the last points in his last game. You're like, how can I bench this guy? You like look at the rest of your lineup. You're like, Kenyon Drake, are you kidding me? Then you're like, well, Kenyon Drake's playing the Jets and Joe Mixon's playing the Ravens. So like, maybe that isn't the craziest. I agree. I agree. I agree. But like, also, he's my boy. I've done nothing but talk him up since <laughs> August. <laughs> I know. And, I, and when I thought about this, I was looking at who I would sit in that top 12, and I went, God, that's that's right there. Do I really want to go there with Joe Mixon? So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to do it, though. So, I, I'll, I'll go big or go home. I got to start making some moves in this in this draft to try to see what I can do. But that's where I am, sitting Joe Mixon. Sounds like I've got some agree. I just heard over the web uh, that uh, Greenlaw also agrees with me. So, Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So moving on to Greenlaw, uh, JG, if you still have that up, give us his oh, running back. Noted rumor monger. Wait a minute, did I freeze? By the way. Oh, I think I froze for a second. Whoa. I can oh, hear you. I, am I frozen? No. no. Uh, my okay. internet just froze on me. Okay, no, so what me? I'm oh. good. We are all good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. We're good now. All right. So give us that Greenlaw uh, pick this week for his, uh, what is it, start at running back? Yeah, start. Sorry. Staying on theme with the jungle cat. You know what I'm trying to say. Mike Cats. <laughs> Mike Davis that is Greenlaw's cats. start at running back, which, I mean, seeing the way that this guy is taking the workload in the backfield, I don't see how you can really disagree. Mike Davis has taken at least 75% of the snaps since becoming the starter. While Atlanta's defense is ninth worst against the run, they're second most giving up they've given up the second most yards and they've tied for giving up the second for giving up the most excuse me touchdowns to receiving running backs since christian mccaffrey's injury mike davis has taken on that receiving running back role we thought maybe curtis samuel would take on some of that workload and he really just doesn't do anything but suck He, he just pretty much just sucks but mike davis i mean reggie bonifon caught a touchdown last week too but they've been kind of mixing in and out and i think that was just luck that bonifon was in for that snap because mike davis we saw him in get a lot of red zone work and this is all again about the matchup the panthers honestly i think the panthers are for real i'm in on matt rule i'll talk about it more when we get to dj Moore. but i'm in on matt rule and the panthers baby i think that this offense is we were clicking. in on the panthers on the offense early in this year i brought up the panthers we've offense. all been in on the panthers offense for sure and they started slow though the first couple of games yeah. it was kind of like wait a sec but it's you know brand new offense never played together joe brady's figuring out his nfl getting his nfl feet under him it's just start your panthers kind of weak if like if you play daily fantasy like a lot of lineups are gonna have all the panthers just all yeah. the panthers all the Panthers. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yep. So stick with you, stick with you, JG. And coming off of a, a guy here who won me uh, a start last week, or, or yeah, was it me? Yeah, me. I'm sorry. I can't remember my picks last week. Won me one of my starts, getting 19.3 points, finishing at RB12, just barely getting in there for me. But now, have the tides turned? The tides have turned because I am not in on Todd Gurley this week. Same game. We, we, I have not talked about a different game yet in my start sits here. But here we are. I'm sitting Todd Gurley because mostly you can't rely on quarterbacks throwing blocks at the goal line for all of your fantasy points. And Gurley had two rushing touchdowns last week. He's been getting a lot of red zone touchdowns, but I do not think that that is a sustainable thing to bank on from your running backs and you may be looking at this matchup and thinking like Carolina has been the defense to play against running backs so far in 2020 but honestly they've been improving week by week 
They stifled Kenyon Drake. Yes, uh, Chase Edmonds got in the end zone, but that was on a receiving play that he got in. I think that, you know, meanwhile, Gurley, Gurley has not crossed over 82 total scrimmage yards in a game this season. He's only playing 53% of Atlanta's offensive snaps. He has a less than 5% target share in the passing game in what should be a really pass-heavy offense for a guy who's historically been pretty effective in the passing game. But out of all running backs right now, he's 50th in team target share. So he's not helping you in that category. If he doesn't get in the red zone, if he doesn't have those red zone touchdowns, he would not be a startable running back. I don't know if he gets those red zone touchdowns against the Panthers this week in a game that could be a shootout. So I think that Matt Ryan is a play, but I'm benching Todd Gurley because I'm just too worried that that touchdowns thing is not a sustainable way to win fantasy games. Fair enough. Any rebuttal there, Zach? Keep a name on your radar of Brian Hill. Agreed. And I'm not saying to play him in DFS, but I'm saying that if you want a like a really cheap option and a long shot in like one of those like kind of like throwaway competitions or something that nobody like else GPP. is probably gonna have. Yeah, like Brian Hill looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I he got a lot of buzz and two weeks ago he really showed out. Now this past week the Atlanta he did. He got a lot of playing time, but so did weird. But yeah. yeah, they went in a lot of Edo, which they hadn't done previously. I think that it, was once the game was kind of really out of yeah. hand. They were like, let's let Edo get some run out there. So we'll we'll see. But I'm kind of with you. Todd Gurley's a little little stinky, even though it's going up against a good good matchup. I kind of think so. The was Kenyon Drake kind of turning it around? Yeah, yeah. Kenyon Drake was a good matchup too, man. I mean, I'm yeah. not basing it all on that. It's also, you know, everything else I said. Only fifty oh, percent of the running back snaps. You'd think Todd Gurley would be. That's the arthritis thing, probably. They're trying to workload management. Kawhi Leonard, his ass. Possibly. Stick with you then for our third, and maybe I don't know if it'll be final Panther on this list. We'll see. Who's your starter receiver? Boom, baby. Look at this guy. <laughs> DJ Moore. <laughs> I am all in. We already kind of talked about DJ Moore. You mentioned the target share earlier, Zach, around 25% team target share. You look at Robbie Anderson, 28 catches compared to DJ Moore's 18 catches, but Robbie Anderson only has two more targets, 34 targets compared to DJ Moore's 32. 32 targets in four games is a pretty good number. Obviously, eight targets a game now. The last couple of weeks, that number has been down a little bit, but... At the end of the day, just like we mentioned when we were talking about in the panic section, so I'm not going to spend too much time, matchup play. Falcons are horrible defense. They allow 25th most points to wide receivers. It's the same reason we're playing Teddy Bridgewater. The same reason Greenlaw is playing Mike Davis. Start DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson, too. I mean, I could have, I might have a DFS lineup that is all four of those guys, and then we'll fill in the rest with other guys just because I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I think the Panthers are going to be the higher-scoring team. Yeah, I have no arguments for me. No arguments for We've me. We've heard a lot about either. the Panthers. Let's move on then. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, and Green, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Zach, you're Zach. Give us okay. Greenlaws. Sit. Well, we're see- going to an NFC South rival. Even though Chris Godwin is out this week, you should sit Mike Evans, according to Robert Greenlaw. Bears are the only team in the NFL to have not given up a touchdown to a wide receiver in the year of our Lord 2020. They've given up the fourth most red zone targets to wide receivers, but teams have only turned that into four catches. Very bendy, but no breaks. So let me tell you this. You have to make sure that 
sneaky Mike Evans, he loves those little one-yard touchdowns. I don't know what it is, but he had another one last week, like a really short yardage touchdown. So I don't know if bend but not break works, but, you know, it's not my pick. It's Greenlaw's pick, and he's saying sit Mike Evans' ass on the bench. Thursday night football. Boo. Yeah, Thursday night football is notoriously stinky for uh, – fantasy football like i it's it's really tough and let me say this also this bears defense is much better than the def- the chargers defense brady played against this is a very opportunistic defense brady's little errant throws that he made all okay, the way through slow is not down gonna work. on slow down on the defense okay we'll get there yeah i'm <laughs> oh, sorry spoiler alert yeah so. <laughs> Probably better off spending your time voting for fat bears in Canada than you are yes. Thursday night football from a fantasy perspective anyway. Well, yeah. the fa- unfortunately, the fat bear uh, voting has closed and the uh, fat bear has already been announced. But yeah. you can still vote in the United States 2020 presidential election. So get out and do that. <laughs> right now, register. Register. Yeah, I think the deadline to register has... Uh, Oh, well, I've been registered, so I didn't worry about the deadline. If you're not registered, you haven't been paying attention to the year 2020 of our Lord or whatever the hell yeah. you just said, Zach. In the, the, year, the year of our Lord 2020, it's what I said. Year 2020 of the fat bear. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I like that. <laughs> so, guys, in my in my wide receiver spot, I picked a person who was a breakout last week to now sit. I'm picking a guy who's coming off of a breakout, kind of came down to earth a little bit, and Justin Jefferson. I'm going to go with him as a start because he's playing – Seattle Seahawks. They're the absolute worst go. NFL That's defense. First, the pass. <laughs> I'm, I'm Justin Jefferson. I don't have anything else to say. It's the Seahawks. Yeah, that's Starting. all you need to say, to be honest. <laughs> he's gonna have. I think he's gonna have another massive game, much like he did against the Titans in this week. So I think that I just think that they're gonna try their best to stop Thielen, and Jefferson's gonna eat. I think that the Vikings kind of figured it out, and Jefferson is gonna be a pretty much must start for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. He's not, he's not in the top 12 yet, so I'm still free to use him in my starts. It's going to be top 24. <laughs> Four, and he's actually, oh, 24. He's actually wide receiver 21, but we'll let it slide. Oh, Let's let it, it slide. On, baby. I, I really appreciate it if you didn't call me out on the, little on the show. Oh, but, sorry. Uh, nobody must, nobody heard me. I must have been looking at a different nothing. It's okay. I'm whispering really quiet. No one can hear me. Yeah, sure. Real <laughs> sure about that. So, <laughs> all right. So, moving on then, uh, Zach. Sit Cooper Cup's ass down. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do it this week. And let me say, I know that he his stat line and his everything looked great last week, but it's off to one fifty five yard run, and he looked really good on that run. I saw it. He looked really good, but he's been kind of you know average. That's why he's you know he's at the bottom of this top twenty four uh, wide receiver list. And you know, let me say something. This is a Robert Woods game. Robert Woods has been a little quiet these last couple of weeks. I'm calling a Robert Woods game. But let me, let's talk about Washington's defense real quick. They're the second best fantasy defense against wide receivers. They allow 16.8 points to fantasy wide, wide receivers. They're fourth in yards, uh, which fourth best in, uh, they allow the least amount of yards. They are the fifth best in interceptions. They have the fifth most interceptions in the league. And as far as touchdowns allowed, they're right there in the middle at number 13, a little bit above average. But let me say this. This is a good – this this team is a good team. 
I know people want to look at the record and want to think of the Washington uh, football team as the old Washington football team, a joke. But this is a good football team. Ron Rivera has this defense humming. Rivera. Ron Rivera has this defense humming. And that has been a thing the rest of the year. <laughs> and uh, the they, they are Rivera. good. And and I think Kyle Allen is gonna can Alex Smith his this team to a couple of wins and be competitive and keep this a couple of wins. Fresh. You want a yeah. bold prediction? Yeah. These motherfuckers are winning the East. Woo! Anybody can because right now they're they're in second place at one and three. So anybody can only do because it. the they Eagles might be able to start a team and go win the East right now. Yeah. Hey. Let me let me say this. I can. I can. I, the Rams are very up and down. I don't know what Rams team we're going to see this coming Sunday because we saw them struggle with the Giants. And Over I the think mountains, this, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> so I am going to uh, sit on Cooper Cup. Nice. All right, sticking with you. Give us a start at tight end. Sorry. Mo Cox. We just saw Dalton Schultz go for four for 72 and a touchdown at versus the Browns. In terms of points allowed to opposing tight ends, the Browns allow the fifth most points. Throw them out there and let's roll. That's pretty <laughs> much all I got. I mean, I'm 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 with it, and y'all gotta watch the YouTube. You gotta see the moment Justin and I just shared when I was cracking up there. Y'all gotta see. It. Here's the thing He's about be our quarterback, <laughs> Mo Alley. He only had one catch last week, but it was a touchdown. He only had three catches the week before, but it was a touchdown. Ever since this guy's gotten playing time, he just gets in the end zone. It's all he does. So, will he score a touchdown again? Probably not, but, hey, it's worth a shot. We'll see. I mean, he, he's definitely a favorite target there, and he's within uh, the range of the of the duck arm. So, yeah, the only thing i be careful about is Jack Doyle's return and Trey Burton's return. It's like they have so many tight ends. But even with all those guys playing last week, Mo Cox still gets in the end zone. Yep. Yep. My sit at tight end, guys, is Mike Jacecki. He's a hot name across fantasy coming into the season, and he's just been non-existent the last couple of weeks. Two catches, sure, one was for a touchdown, but do you really want to rely on that if he's getting one or two touch catches a game? He's not Moali Cox that we just mentioned. He's not guaranteed to get that one catch, one touchdown a game. I, I'm saying way because he's also uh, – I know they haven't played the best, you know, whatever the matchups, but San Francisco is still rated pretty high against tight ends. They're not giving up a ton to them, and that's right there in the middle of the field. I'm out on Jacecki this week. I don't think – he hasn't been producing regardless, and it's a tough matchup. So, it's a, it's a combination of just bad things for him. I think it's going to continue. The woes are going to continue for Mr. Jacecki. Fair so enough. Why don't you keep Why don't you keep going there, Ryan? Well, I can't keep going because I've closed the notes, but I will. We're talking about We're talking about Mr. Greenlaw, right? And he is talking about starting Hunter Henry. Saints giving up second most points to tight ends, third most TDs. Big opportunity for a bounce back week for Mr. Henry. What do we think about that? Yeah, Herbert slinging it all over the yard. It tight ends a freaking crapshoot. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, young quarterbacks love their tight ends, so why not? You know, maybe this is another good week for him. Yeah, we'll see. Play that matchup. We'll see. I'm I, listen, guys. The longer Herbert does this, the longer he makes me look good. I'm all for it. I am all for it. I'm all in on the Herbert train. I actually think you know what I I <laughs> I thought that he struggled uh, his second start, but I went back and actually watched the game, and he played better than people gave him credit for. And I know that like he did throw a bad interception, but I don't know, man. This is gonna happen. But he's he's pretty he's good overall. I'm in, I'm interested in the Herbert deal. With no Eckler, though, we'll see. I guess Justin Jackson's a big play this week. Oh, yeah, that's probably. Uh, give us a tight end to sit, though. 
All right, speaking of crapshoots and tight ends and all that nonsense, I am benching Jimmy Graham. Nick Foles, when he comes off the bench, is amazing. But Nick Foles as a starter sucks. The Bears kind of suck. I mean, they do. Their offense, at least, is terrible. Thursday night football games really just always suck. Tampa Bay's defense, I mean, it was not as good as we thought last week, but they shut down Hunter Henry. Pretty good defense. Jimmy Graham is that kind of guy who might have a one-catch-for-a-touchdown type of game just because it seems like his main usage is in the red zone. He did have 10 targets, two touchdowns, six catches for 60 yards against Atlanta, but in his other three games, he has eight total catches. Atlanta, we just watched give up three touchdowns to Robert Tanyan. Maybe Atlanta's just really bad at covering tight ends. I'm not starting Jimmy Graham. I know he's in the top 12 tight ends, but I, yeah, no thank you. There's any football they players. Even defensive hold and tackle a tight end properly without, and then gives up the touchdown. <laughs> I mean, that, that was one of the more ridiculous things I've seen. Tanyan coming off the line gets tackled. It gets up and still scores a touchdown. Like, I, and that wasn't the George Kittle fake fall down play. That was oh. got legitimately tackled and then got up and caught a touchdown. Unbelievable. Oh, man. So let's stick with that theme, though. Who's your defense to start? So there we go. Thank you for throwing it out there. Zach teased it already. The Chicago Bears. I thought about going with Denver, but mostly because I don't know if Cam Newton's going to start. If Cam Newton does not play this weekend, if he's not back in time, then I do think Denver's a great play. But because of the unknown, I'm actually going to stick with the Bears. As noted in my tight end sit pick, Thursday night football sucks for fantasy players, but that usually means the defenses do okay. The Bears D, I think, is going to be able to get after Brady a little bit just because he's such a statue in the pocket. Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, they both had good games. Khalil Mack dropped an interception. Prince of Mukamara had an interception last week that was overturned. I think this Bears defense is actually pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of talent. Eddie Jackson is super talented safety. The Bucks are missing Chris Godwin. Who are all those guys that, that have already been ruled out? Chris Godwin is Linda out. Mike... doubtful. LaShawn Linda... McCoy's out. LaShawn McCoy's out. I think Chris Godwin's questionable. So there's a lot that... that the Bucks' offense is not going to have in this game. I think the Bears have a good defense, and it. I know that the Bucks and the Chargers ended up in a shootout, but the Bears' offense is not the kind of offense that's going to end up in a shootout. So even if the Bucks are able to score some points, it's going to be a lower-scoring game to overall. Also, Thursday Night Football is just going to be ugly. And, and also, Tom Brady sucks. Tom Brady sucks. And the Bears are not in the top 12 defenses right now, but I think that if you can pick them up, they will end up in the top 12 defense. So go ahead and grab them now while you still can. My mind, y'all were talking about Patriots matchups and Tom Brady, and my brain just crapped out of me. I'm like, why? Wait, who are, who are all the Patriots playing this week? Because my, my brain just went completely out the window when you talked about the Patriots and Tom Brady. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, Tampa, Tampa. That's right. Okay. I did Tom cross pads there because Denver plays the Patriots. Exactly. So, like, for a second, I was like, wait, I thought Denver was playing the Patriots. What? Hold on now. And I'll get into the Patriots again when the next time this snakes to me. But how about for now, you get into Robert Greenlaw's defensive sit pick? Robert Greenlaw's defensive sit pick is the Philadelphia Eagles, who Zach already mentioned. This is a pretty simple one. They play they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hold on to your butts, Eagles. Enough said. That's what Greenlaw wrote. I like it. I like it, too. The Eagles can't tackle. How are they even a top 12 defense? Sit the yeah. Eagles. All right, guys. Okay, if, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, I need you to pause. Go get some water. I've got a defense. I've got to spend a ton of time on here. I've really got to go in depth. I've got to really cover it. So just go ahead and do that and come back. It's the Arizona Cardinals, and they're playing the Jets. That's my analysis. <laughs> Whew. Ooh, that was, that was <laughs> a long one. I need a break after that. 
<laughs> it, it, don't overthink this. The Jets are going to jet. Start the Cardinals. <laughs> Joe Flacco's playing. Sam Donald's hurt. Start the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. Le'Veon Bell still. could be back. Still start the Cardinals? Still start the Cardinals. Okay. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. Start so the Cardinals. Make sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Is Adam Gase still the head coach? Start yes. Oh, and Adam, oh, and Adam Gase. It will hold. All right, Zach, on to you. Sit the San Francisco 49ers. Just do it. Don't fall into this trap that the Miami Dolphins are a bad offense. Don't do it. Just sit them. And here's why. And I said, sit the tight end, but play the receivers. Here's, here's why. Do you know, on average, what opposing defenses are scoring against when they play Miami? The fantasy defenses that play Miami, what are they average? 17.2. Oh, no. <laughs> 4.5 points a game. Oh, okay. So these defenses that play Miami, these fantasy defenses, the opposing team, they I, don't I, Yeah, they look, don't I, score I, a lot of they don't score a lot of points. That ain't going to get you in a top 12, let me tell you that. They as I've said, the 49ers have a, have had a rash of injuries and there's going to be lots of scoring because if San Francisco's probably going to blow the doors off of Miami's defense, which means there's going to be a lot of yards, a lot of scoring, a lot of field goals, it just just taking or uh you know just taking you know little bits and pieces away from this San Francisco 49ers defense do not play the San Francisco 49ers this week so you think that Greenlaw's call to sit Fitzpatrick is bad because garbage time Ryan is gonna pull out his beard and just oh yeah go crazy rub it all over that other team his chain and his glasses yes and this fits your motif Devontae Parker and yep I like it. Uh, on to the, the flex position here. And, Zach, sticking with you, give us a start in the flex. This was a really hard one. I went back and forth. I, I started with David Montgomery, um, and I started looking at snap counts and all this stuff. But then I started looking at his matchup against the Bucks, and I was like, oh, no, I'm not good. Then I was going to choose Darius Slayton. But then someone had Darius Slayton in their wide receiver and swapped him out because they got a little, they got a little chicken, a little chicken to him and offered him scared. up on a silver platter to anyone who wanted to use Darius Slayton as their but friend. I had already I've started got I do not want to jinx myself so I'm not picking him I had but already started starting. my research yes. on Russell Gage and Russell Gage is the flex start of the week the old 12 gauge himself Julio is not practicing wasn't at practice on Wednesday and he is going up against the fourth-ranked fantasy defense for fantasy-wide receivers. They, they allow the fourth-most points, the Carolina Panthers do, to fantasy-wide receivers. No Julio Jones. Hayden Hurst sucks. Todd Gurley can't catch a pass. It's going to be Calvin Ridley. It's going to be um, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage show, and Russell Gage is going to be a flex start. I like it. Sure. I, yeah, I said in this flex a couple weeks ago, I was going to play the sound one time at the start, and we're, we're good. We're moving on. Hmm. Unless you just really want to. So now we, yeah. So now we have to be fighting on who gets to say flex first and hear the hear the sound. Hey, are you happy now? I just yes. keep playing every time you say flex. Calvin Ridley was a disaster. What the heck? I know. That- hey, listen. I was lucky I was already up. Uh, I'd already scored 150 points in one of my leagues, and he crapped at – he laid that goose egg, didn't even phase me. So I know the Packers are in a bye this week, but, like, Jair Alexander shadowed Calvin Ridley. Are we just not going to play wide receivers that play the Packers? Listen, Jair Alexander is legit. He is. 
He is. I, I have been on the Jair Alexander train since last year, and you got to watch that matchup. I feel like there's a chance the Falcons force it to Ridley just because of last week. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe. 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 Russell Gage is still. Zach's being bold. He already said he didn't feel he didn't feel great about this, but he can't really. It's not like he can pick. Well, Ridley I did feel great ball. about Russell Gage. I just didn't feel great about some of the other ones. Ah, okay, whatever. So my sit my sit in the flex is going to be Rex Burkett. It's been a popular name of, of ads the past couple weeks, but I don't like what he's coming into. Damian Harris is back. He looks like he may be the go-to feature running back in that backfield, as Zach has called. And I'm listening to him. I'm, I told I, I'm going to listen to Zach this week. Damian Harris is back. Plus, not only that, James White was back for his first game and was very productive in the offense. They both outscored and outplayed Burkett. Now, Burkett may or may not be the goal line back. That remains to be seen. He may vulture a touchdown there, and that could really mess me up in this flex position, and I get that. But I'm seeing the matchup here. Denver Broncos are good against the run, not so much against the pass a little bit. I'm thinking that maybe James White's going to be a little more of a factor than Burkhead as that secondary role to Damian Harris. So that's why my reasoning for sitting Burkhead, even though he might vulture some touchdowns away from the rest of these backs. Now, I know it's a risk, and I'm taking it. I don't it. think it's a risk. I, I, let me say this. I think it's actually a smart move because if the Patriots game gets canceled because of COVID, this is a win for you because you told everybody to sit them. True. But have you guys considered the fact that I went to middle school with Rex Burkhead? No, I have oh. not because it's the first time ever hearing about it, and hopefully it's the last. And, and yeah, right. and what, what, what relevance does this have to fantasy? I mean, how many eighth graders at five foot ten are dunking in basketball practice? Yeah, well, don't how's that helping? How many white ones? How, how does that, I, again, how, how does that help him? He's athletic as hell, man. He's the goal line back. No, I don't know. I just like Rex. I'm <laughs> you showed like a name drop that you know. He was Rex our freaking high school superstar, you know. Did you have a secret handshake? No, I did not have a secret handshake with Rex. I did get in a car accident <laughs> one time when I was 16, and he pulled over on the side of the road to make sure everybody's okay. Oh, so he's super nice, too? Now I really feel bad. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, don't feel bad. He sucks. <laughs> how dare you <laughs> all right um who wants to give our the flex start excuse me the flex start for greenlaw i'll do it start greg ward wide receiver for the philadelphia eagles they have no one else to throw it to a wide receiver and pittsburgh is the sixth worst defense against wide receivers allowing 41 points per game start greg ward there you go all right give us me. a sit in flex then jg my sit in the flex is going to be back on the Patriots bandwagon with Julian Edelman. Edelman has really only had one good game this year that puts him in the top like 60 of flex players right now. The last two weeks combined, five catches for 58 yards. I thought maybe with Cam Newton out, there was some action on Twitter there of like Edelman throwing passes back in the day that maybe the Patriots would pull out some like trick stuff to like get Edelman more involved that way, but they didn't do anything like that. We don't have any idea if Cam Newton's going to play next week, and if he's out, then Edelman is a definite must-sit. And he's seemingly just being phased out of the offense right now. Like, Nikhil Harry is just the target on a lot of pass plays, a lot of, like, screens and, like, designed plays where they want to get him the ball. I don't really know why. He did have a nice touchdown catch last week, but he also had a lot of plays that he did not convert. Like you mentioned just now, James White is back. He's heavily targeted in the passing game. Demir Bird is getting a lot of work looks in the passing game. And most of all, New England wants to run the ball more than they want to pass the ball, even if Cam Newton is back. Denver's allowing the fifth most points to receivers. So you might be thinking, oh, maybe Julian Edelman is a sneaky good play here. But it's not. He's not a good play. Do not start Edelman. Don't start Edelman again anymore this year, I think. like I don't know if you're still starting Edelman. I think you're chasing 
a career that may or may not have passed him by at this point. I'm not yeah. really expecting Edelman to be that is fantasy good anymore. Grade A fantasy advice. Thank you, sir. Yeah, don't fall into mine. I think I picked Edelman some dailies just just in case. But yeah, don't do it. It's not. I worth did it. that on Monday. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't do it. It's not worth it. No. Definitely not. So stay with you guys. Not to be slept on. JG, who is your sleeper of the week? All right, my little sleeper boy is Zach Pascal this week. Last rascal, he... Zach Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> the little rascals, the little Pascal rascals. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Zach. Last week, three catches for 56 yards, not like a huge game or anything, but he did have eight targets. I think he's the guy that's taken on Paris Campbell's role, starting to find a rapport with Phillip Rivers. They're going up against Cleveland, who we just saw allow 500 yards passing to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. They're actually allowing the third most points in the league to wide receivers. Gave up two touchdowns to CeeDee Lamb, who plays in the slot. I've done this slot thing before with the Seahawks, and it came back to bite me, but we're going back here. The matchup specifically in the slot. We just saw them get we just saw CD Lamb score two touchdowns in the slot against the Browns. So I'm taking a chance on Zach Pascal this week. I think that you know the Colts have played against some pretty weak competition the last few weeks. The Bears, the Jets, the Vikings, and they got the Vikings in their like worst game of the whole season. The Jags actually forced the Colts to put up points. Zach Pascal wasn't really involved in the offense yet. I think this is gonna be another game against Cleveland where they are going to have to put up points to keep up. I think Cleveland's offense is legit, even if they're just going to run the ball. So Zach Pascal is going to be heavily involved. Fire him up. Put him in that flex. Put him in those daily lineups for cheap. Oh. A little delayed there, sorry. You get him. I'm in. Zach Pascal, the little rascal. All right. All in on the little rascal, Pascal. Thank <laughs> you for getting that in my head, Zach. I'll never forget it. You're welcome. And I'm sleeping on the little rascal, Zach Pascal. <laughs> I think the uh, Browns win. Going against, oh, uh, yeah, with the win, but he may yeah, not. because the Colts aren't that good. They're overrated. Well, I think the Browns could be up, and it's going to be like, all right, time for Phillip Rivers to lead the Colts back. Oh, there's Pascal. Oh, there's Pascal again. Oh, there's the Rivers interception. But, hey, Pascal yeah. got some yards. Yeah, maybe, like, <laughs> maybe, maybe one of those is fumble and really sets you back. <laughs> that would suck. So, uh, a name that's been mentioned on the show a few, Greenlaw's sleeper of the week is Kenyon Drake. And listen to his reasoning, guys. If he can't do it against the Jets, it's time to put him out to pasture. So, I agree. Talked about him. This may be a good week for him, and if he doesn't do it this week, sayonara. That's for a lot more of Kenyon, capital built up into Kenyon Drake for a lot of teams out there. Oh for yeah. More for sure. Kenyon Drake analysis. Rewind to earlier in this episode. Yep. Yeah. So to many points along this episode. <laughs> so, but my sleeper is Jerry Judy. I don't feel great about this after y'all made me realize they may not play. So I might take a goose egg here if they don't play, regardless of what he does on the field. But I thought my reasoning was sound that Stefan Gilmore might be out for the, the Patriots and might not have to worry about that. And they could be focusing to take away uh, Patrick who had a really big week next week. And maybe that I uh, know a fan, uh, so Belichick's looking to, scheme against those two guys and then that could free up some room for judy to run wild so he's my sleeper of the week if he gets to play all right, all right. sure i think yeah. i think it's good i mean I think you can't really argue yeah it's a sleeper it's like whatever yeah it's a sleeper yeah i mean if i get this one wrong it was my sleeper it's my it's my shot in the dark whatever like if they so, can't finish in the top 75 then you should yeah 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 brandon iuk is my sleeper of the week. And if anybody saw him completely hurdle a guy and that guy not even touch him, it was a legit 
hurdle. It wasn't one of those hurdles where you like you clip the guy's helmet or something like that. I mean, it was legit. That guy looked like an idiot. <laughs> now, here's the thing. This is my hesitation with putting Brandon Ayuk here is that he has two rushing touchdowns and zero receiving touchdowns, and he is a wide receiver. Now, this does mean something, though, that they are looking for creative ways to get the ball in his hand, and that matters when you are looking at the San Francisco offense. They're designing plays to put him in his hands. Like Kyle Shanahan's going to continue to do it. Debo Samuel's coming back. George Kittle's looking good. So that's going to free up a little bit of room for Brandon Ayuk to probably get open, catch some passes, get some targets. Jimmy Garoppolo's already back at practice. Raheem Mostert's back at practice. Mustard. This whole San Francisco offense is is getting healthy, and it's going up against a Miami team, and they're allowing the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So let's roll, Brandon Ayuk. Let's do it. And you mentioned that he hasn't caught a touchdown yet. Well, he barely played with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, his NFL yeah. debut was that Jets game where Garoppolo had to leave. So you can't really fault him for that. We'll see what happens against Miami. I, I, I'm with you on that one. If Brandon Ayuk is still out there in your league, you got to yep. pounce on that. I don't know. I can't imagine he is, though. But start him. You never, you never know what's out there in your league. You never know what you're going to get in the show. Guys, we made it. It's going to wrap it up. It's going to. We're going to see what happens this week with all of our sits, starts, and our sleepers. In closing, remember to be sure and check out all of our other podcasts and articles that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com, partnered with 440 Sports. Be sure to make sure and make that switch over to the Heimer Deacon Foundation account as well so you can benefit and feel good about yourself going towards a great, great uh, uh, group there. <clears throat> also, make sure to catch Zach and JG at 1030, as we mentioned earlier, 1030 Central at on the Fantasy Overtime for all your last-minute sits and start and injury advice. Follow Broadway Sports on Twitter at BroadwayTN and the show at Flex on Broadway. I'm not going to give you the handles. If you, you should be watching, you should see them right down there below somewhere on all of our names. I can't point to all of our other ones, but they're there. Go check them out. Make sure you're checking out our Facebook and Instagram social medias. Until next time, see you, Fletchers. Man, did we miss a longer show with one less person. We missed oh, yeah. Greenlaw, man. He really moves us along. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Okay. Holy crap. All right, I gotta go. Adios. Oh, shit. A Broadway sports media production. <laughs>